There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Rarely going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I am Redshirt Dave, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and today we'll be discussing Episode 6 of Star Trek Lower Decks. When did you get promoted to Chief Engineer? I've been Chief Engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying to figure out when. Oh. You, would you go follow deck and get a little lesson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did my uh, training courses in the holodeck. Yeah, yeah. Got any green girlfriends I should know about? Yeah. <laughs> Can't talk about that. Oh, no. What happens in the holodeck <laughs> yeah. stays in the holodeck. <laughs> so what would you think overall? I thought it was a good episode. Fletcher confounded me quite a bit. I don't really see the that much of a likeness to Barkley like McMahon yep. had said that there it was loosely based on his character. If I was Barkley, I'd be insulted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember endangering the crew with a giant monster that was eating everything in the hallways. Right. And I do like that Mariner and Boimler were actually on the same page for this episode. Yeah, they shared a couple of bucks too. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was really nice to see that their friendship now has gotten closer. Yeah, they referenced how much they annoy each other, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Starfleet <laughs> through and through. Yeah. Yeah. At least they got that going for him. I, the whole Fletcher thing, I was like, eesh, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was annoying. And I think when we get to our feedback later, from Fred. You know, some of the same things we did. Yeah. <laughs> so, podcast listeners, the name of this episode, episode six, was Terminal Provocations. Terminal is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lovable but awkward Ensign Fletcher makes work difficult for Mariner and Boimler. Rutherford introduces tending to a holiday training program he created. That was a little more fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Of course, one of the best scenes of the entire episode was the opening where. Yeah. We're in the lower deck crew quarters, and Boimler is hissing while he puts something away near his bunk. I like how they, they, they'll they cup their hands around their face just to make the perfect kiss. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Mariner wants to know what the hell he's doing, and Boimler replies that sometimes he likes to imitate the sounds of the warp engines to soothe himself. Of course. <laughs> just white noise. Any mistakes, all you have to do is blame it on Badgie. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, Mariner's got to say that that is not what the Cerritos sounds like. Mm. And Boimler says, well, I wasn't doing the Cerritos. I was doing the Enterprise <laughs> D at Warp 4. <laughs> Duh. 
<laughs> so, of course, Fletcher, who we meet in this episode, joins in. It's like, where'd you come from? <laughs> I know. I think they ejected the moving a little ahead, but I think they ejected the wrong, <laughs> the wrong Fletcher out the <laughs> airlock. Oops. And he does a interpretation. And of course, Boimler says, that's not right. You're missing the inverted plasma distributors, <laughs> which gives it a higher <laughs> yeah. pitch. Yeah. So, of course, Mariner has to disagree and do her own rendition. Rutherford does his portrayal of the Voyager, and Tindy also joins in. <laughs> so you got all of them making these hissing yeah. sounds. And Commander Ransom just happens to be walking by and believes something is wrong with all of them. No joke. <laughs> yep. Well, he wasn't wrong there. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he calls security to the lower decks. He pulls out his phaser and demands that they all get on the ground, taking them by surprise. These guys are pretty quick with their phasers. Oh, yeah. Boimler tries to explain what they're doing, but Ransom tackles him down. Of course, as this happens, Mariner realizes that Boimler is right, and the Cerritos <laughs> have know. a higher pitch. <laughs> because he squeals like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> Boomer reference. Raise yeah. your hand if you heard that. Awesome scene. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was. It was funny. So, I get the Drukmani standoff. We know anything about Drukmani? Was there any Drukmani? No. They look like angry uh, space gorillas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With a patch. One of them had to have a patch in his eye. You can tell they're like pirates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, get a little Shaxx action on this. He's starting with a standoff with the Droop Manny scavengers. And they're claiming the salvages on Starfleet. It was ludicrous. He, he's so over the top. He just, he's got his finger on the button all the time, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he's always, he says, like, uh, thus far, my recommendation or a full assault has been ignored in favor of more diplomatic approach. <laughs> he hisses. Who does that? Just blast him. Yeah. <laughs> A little warp there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of warp. <laughs> Up in the bridge, the senior officer facing off with the troop many scavengers who are determined to get their hands on the scattered contents of a derelict 23rd century Starfleet cargo ship. Did we look that up? Did you look that up? No. I did. I did. <laughs> it's NCC 502. Oh, that's right. Yes, I saw it. It was fully automated with no crew, although, uh, and it's from the original series where it got a reference in a original series game. Yeah, it wasn't, I don't think it was an online game. Yeah, it could have been online game. It's a Star Trek game. Right. First, I, I thought it said 1502. I was all excited because that would have been uh, the USS Alabama, a light cruiser from the 2280s, but I read it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking everything up. Oh, that's not it. Yeah. Darn, stupid badgie. <laughs> so back to Shax. His eagerness to shoot something continues to be denied, which is rather sad. <laughs> what if he, he has a scar across his face, right? Yeah. Think that's self-inflicted. <laughs> Not in battle. <laughs> Practiced his uh, phaser in front of a mirror and bounced back and cut him right across the face or something. <laughs> well, I kind of think it was probably in a bar fight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was get so bad in his last ship, they promoted him. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, Freeman is uh, determined to hold true to her ideals and stay diplomatic, even though these particular agents had that cordiality of Malons combined with the brains of Packlets. After a literal tractor beam tug war, which I thought I, was somewhat funny, yes. things go bad when the Duke Monty shows some cunning by using their, band to, their beam to start flinging random pieces of debris at the Cerritos. <laughs> it, it's a schoolyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just throwing stuff in. <laughs> this probably wouldn't be such a big deal if it went for uh, missing shield computer core. <laughs> yeah. 
they don't know anything about no. what's happening <laughs> below decks. Yeah, Shax breathes down her neck in another permission to destroy the enemy ship request. Freeman's patient is pushed to a level where they would even have uh, Picard boiling hotter than his Earl Grey. J.G. <laughs> uh, Herder is playing the troop mining captain. He's pitch perfect as the ob- obnoxious captain. But he's just lucky he wasn't dealing with his more famous character would have blown him out of the stars in the first minute of this episode. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, Martok definitely would not have put up with any of this shenanigans. Nope. Realizing that she's out of options, Freeman tells Shax to target the warp core. He's like, look at Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> he's ecstatic to finally be able to fight, but his happiness turns to dismay when he realizes the ship's uh, weapons are disabled. Kind of remind me of Wrath of Khan. And some guy, he goes, raise our shields. And he goes, they're raising your shields. Yeah. And he goes, they're raising your shields. Raise ours. And he goes, I can't. And he pounds his fists against the... Uh, the um, arm. Yeah. Oh, so great. Oh, well. Tiana recommends an evacuation of the ship. I'm like, the, the cat panics. You know? Yes. <laughs> if they only had a scratching post, you, she could have climbed up and, like, hissed at the top of it. <laughs> I should send these uh, ideas to them. Yeah. <laughs> But before uh, Freeman can give the order, they notice the Druk Money ship is beginning to break apart. Shaq's cheers and kisses Tiana. Ooh. Yeah, where'd that <laughs> I, come from? Wow, right on the catlips, too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But they were, they don't know what quite what they did, but they were successful in stopping the Druk Money. I wonder if we see a little further to that. Uh, maybe there'll be some purring action in the upcoming episodes. Yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> I just like had a pretty surprise. That... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she's like, going to rub up against his leg and curl her tail. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta stop thinking. <laughs> so, like we said before, we meet Fletcher, who seems to be popular and an old Academy pal of Boimler's. Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Boimler turned out the way he did. Exactly. Now, it was real hard to figure out where he was coming from, because yeah. after the warp core... In imitations. Yeah. They seem like a regular person. Yeah. We see the crew in the mess and he's trying yeah. to break the record for chugging puree yeah puree uh, which was a funny segue because the captain was just saying though my we're starfleet my crew will stand there ready and they're below decks going chug along chug along chug along <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they're ready oh yeah and mariner bumps into tiana which knocks her down into her nachos face first yeah nachos not you eating cat. Let alone that she she serves in space, but she likes nachos. Yeah, <laughs> and she just tears into Mariner big time. Threatening. Yeah, that was a little over the top too. Oh yeah, threatening to send her to Starbase eighty. Yeah, go, like <laughs> everybody around goes, oh, no. <laughs> you know, some guy in the, in the background goes, Starbase eighty. <laughs> And Fletcher comes to her rescue with a towel so she can get the cheese out of her fur because apparently a sonic shower doesn't help much when you're talking about cheese. (laughs) I don't even want to picture what happens. No. (laughs) And then we see them all working on loading isolinear computer cores for the shields. And Mariner and Boimler discuss missing the choo-choo dance event. (laughs) Huh? That's better off not knowing what it is. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, they made shirts for it and everything. 
I know. Now I want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you we could find one of those online. Probably. <laughs> and Fletcher offers to finish up the work while they attend the concert. And you go, wow. Yeah, this guy's kind of a real uh, upstanding Joe here. Yeah. Valued member of the crew. Yeah. Bend over to do anything to help his friend. Yeah. Now, after returning from the concert, they find Fletcher knocked out and one of the cores missing. That's not good. No. Now, of course, we first decide that it must be Delta Shift. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we finally got to meet him, too. Oh, yeah. We got to meet him. And there is no love lost between the Beta Shift and the Delta Shift. That's for oh. sure. <laughs> Shouldn't you be going to bed? Yeah. <laughs> but we find out that a couple of the Delta Shift ensigns were sitting right behind Boimler and Mariner at the concert. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had tears in my eyes. Are you did too? Yeah. <laughs> Came a choo-choo-choo dance. Yeah. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we are. <laughs> yeah, we saw some of the crew doing it, and it was like, that doesn't really look like a choo-choo. I know. It looked like a chain dance, or yeah. like they really were doing a, a train or something. Exactly. Choo-choo. Now, of course, it doesn't take long to figure out that Fletcher's evolving story isn't quite right. There's mm -hmm. something fishy going on there. Where things start to spin out of control. Yeah, real quickly. Yeah. Mariner finds the missing core underneath a blanket. <laughs> yeah, good hiding place. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Fletcher. And the reason he took it was in a futile attempt to enhance his own brain. Yeah, like uh, Forbidden Planet. Yeah. They had a computer there. You could enhance your own plane. Everyone did it, I guess, as part of the plot line to enhance your own smarts. <laughs> that didn't turn out well either. Spoiler no. alert. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. And it was funny because we actually see him working while they're at the concert and he gets phasered. And you go, okay. That, that was his fake flashback, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it must have been because <laughs> yeah. he did use that as a, an excuse. Yeah, that's all in his head. And of course... The core comes to light. Of course it does. It's got Fletcher's brain scan in it. <laughs> yeah. And apparently Fletcher had a lot of insecurities and daddy issues as <laughs> this core just starts absorbing as much as it can. So weird. Yes. <laughs> so the new plan is to get this thing off the ship. Yeah. Yeah. This is part of their slapstick, slapstick stuff they've done before. It's just things that spin out of control. Yeah. While seemingly the uh, the ship and its crew can function normally while everything else is going to hell below decks. <laughs> so, of course, Boimler and Mariner are going to have to do this by themselves as Fletcher has definitely revealed himself as uh, one of those that are useless in a crunch. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, his suggestion is to now blame Q. Again. Again, yeah. Who apparently are the 2380s version of blaming the dog. Yep, dog did it. Q did it. Eat my homework. <laughs> so they try to get the core to the transporter, but it's getting way out of control. <laughs> so the plan B is there's an airlock and Mariner tosses her favorite tricorder in to get it into the airlock. Fetch. He goes, fetch. <laughs> yeah. Wanted tech, so 
There you, there go. you go. Yeah. And of course, the core gets spaced and heads straight for the Drakmani ship and starts ripping it apart. <laughs> oh, man. They didn't, I thought they were going to like beam the, the Drakmani out of there. Right. Because the thing's, thing, uh, we see explosion coming out of its starboard side. Yeah. And it's kind of goes adrift. I'm like, I thought they were going to like, beam him aboard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he just let him die. Well, they probably beamed him back to the rest of his ship because yeah. he separated. The, yeah, that small piece from the rest of the ship <laughs> from the <laughs> cargo bay. <laughs> so weird. So of course the bridge crew comes down to question our lower deckers about mm. missing core and the airlock. <laughs> and Mariner comes up with the story, which proves that says that it's all Fletcher's idea to stop the drug money. And so he gets promoted and transferred to the Titan. <laughs> Boimler is heartbroken because he wants to work on the Titan. Yeah, I know. Kind of remind me of 12 Monkeys. Titans. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure you want to go to the Titan? Don't be so now, sure. Now, of course, <laughs> we don't get the mention of Commander Riker. Yeah. Because he was on the Titan. Yeah. So we figure that it didn't take long as we see uh, six days later, mm-hmm. Mariner and Boimler get a transmission from Pletcher stating that he was fired from his position and getting sent back to Earth. Well, he only dumped garbage in the warp core. God. That's like Back to the Future where you dump anything into the uh, (laughs) cooling banana peels. (laughs) Now, of course, he asked them to get him a position back on the Cerritos, and they start using the old transmission is getting garbled and ends up all together. The the aerosol can. (laughs) Yeah. Greatness. Yeah, and they decide that it's best to keep their enemies as far away as possible. Boimler admits that he'd rather serve with Mariner than Fletcher, and that despite her rule-breaking, Mariner is truly Starfleet at heart. Yeah, I think that's what actually saves these two. I mean, they can be incompetent or crazy, but there's nothing redeeming about Fletcher at all. No, he was ready to turn on him in a minute. Jeez. And Mariner thanks him for the nice compliment and invites him to the captain's yacht as she is able to sign out the keys in Boimler's name. (laughs) And he chases her in protest as they run out of the room. (laughs) So they haven't uh, gone back to that subplot line or narrative where she knows everything and he's suspicious of her. Of course, that's it's mom's car. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you get that? Okay. Yeah, you who? would think that that's got to be, that cat's got to come out sooner or later. Yeah, I know. Maybe it will be the cat. Yeah. Maybe the cat will let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. The cue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I get Badgie. <laughs> I don't know what was more obnoxious, Badgie or Fletcher. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, my God. You can see this. You can see this evolve, too. First, Badgie's over the top, cute and fun, and that's annoying. And then he gets so psycho <laughs> that it wants to wear their skin. And he said it twice, I think. Yeah, wear your skin, which is a reference to, what is that? Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Yeesh. That was a uh, foil alert for Silence of the Lambs, but that was super creepy on yes. that movie. Uh, so we find out somehow Tendi graduated the canning without finishing speak watching uh, certifications. <laughs> her professor gave her a B and she didn't say anything like what? 
<laughs> probably a clerical error. How do you make clerical errors in the 24th century? Exactly. <laughs> it must have been a glitch, I guess. I'm dealing with my own clerical errors through my company. I mean, computers, hello, press a button, there you go. Yeah. But no. Nope. <laughs> so so uh, must have still been using Clipper. I know. <laughs> remind me of my, my old company. Nope. What do I do? I'll put it on a piece of paper. Uh. Oh. So Rutherford takes her to holodeck. So Badgie <laughs> can help her with spacewalking through his I mean, he's sometimes slow to load a program, which is funny. I mean, who hasn't run into that when they're trying to use their own computer or online program and it's buffering? Oh, yes. <laughs> they're like, oh, come on. I've gotten it up from my desk. I'm like, well, I think I'll go into the bathroom and find something or get a drink, come back right, and see yeah. if it's loaded. Good grief. <laughs> So then, of course, the holodeck malfunction, and Badgie goes psychotic. He goes from cute to, like, the leering eyes and looks at people like he's going to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, malfunction, I mean, all hell's breaking loose on, up on the, the bridge, but the, and it, it keeps the, the holodeck from shutting down. The safeties are disengaged because that always happens. Yes. And they can't change the settings. So Rutherford first tries to get them to a Bajoran marketplace, complete with a mountaintop shrine. You have to climb endless amount of steps to get to and it tires badgie out and they create a blizzard to try and freeze badgie but it gets weird once they get to uh bajor he starts ripping he rips somebody's head off yes and arms and everything it's like oh my god i remember i'm looking at him like where is this going (laughs) (laughs) eventually the ship returns to normal and tendy and rutherford are saved and badgie seemingly has gone back to normal or has he yeah (laughs) it's got that little dun 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 moment yeah that was well He's like, uh, I'm always here, but man, <laughs> that thing went way, he was much worse than Fletcher. He wanted to wear their skin, like I said, twice over. Yeah, he stabbed <laughs> Rutherford even. Yeah, I know, and they're punching each other, and I mean, that was gross. That was so weird. And then he gets into the father-son dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> father-son, and he's holding him, and he st- still wants to wear his skin. I'm like, man, that, I, I don't know if it was really that effective. You know, we've all seen it a million times right. on TV. <laughs> and of course, there's the whole Luke, I am your father type of thing. But that guy didn't go further psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Vader, that is. <laughs> wow. I don't think he could have gone further psychotic, but yeah. <laughs> so, you want to get into some uh, Easter eggs? Let's do Easter it. Easter egg boomer talk, and I got my top five jokes we can cover. So, Easter egg. Although most of the Holodex characters that Ensign Rutherford mentioned appeared in previous Holodex stories, he mentions a couple of characters who were not depicted on the Holodex, such as Cyrano de Bergerac and Robin Hood. Weren't they? Boy, you'd think they would be. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most likely references to Reginald Barkley performing the role of Cyrano on stage in The Next Generation, the nth degree, and Captain Jean-Luc's transformation to Robin Hood by Q in Cupid. Which is funny because they had him dressed up in the, <laughs> that ridiculous costume, too. Yes. <laughs> and in case you forgot, in uh, A Fistful of Data's Wharf Troy and a- Alexander get stuck in an Old West holodeck simulation gone berserk, and every single character they meet looks like Data. <laughs> Great one. <laughs> yeah, it was. And this was the first episode of the series to feature a log entry without any interruptions. Amazing. And as we mentioned earlier, Fletcher is transferred to Titan after his undeserved promotion, <laughs> which is kind of like a real life thing. If you want to get someone out of the department, say, you know what? You should try something else. <laughs> the Peter principle. I don't mention this in so many words. That's the ship Riker was given captain to at the end of Star Trek Nemesis, which means he's the one who fired Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they get him on the show. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I've seen the real Riker on Twitter lately. He's been he's been quite vocal. <laughs> 
And speaking of name checking, the evasive numeric that Freeman calls for is Sulu Alpha, <laughs> which Shax didn't like. He, he's more panel slamming when he finds out he has to do Sulu Alpha instead of shooting something. <laughs> and while most of us of the publicity has focused on Saturday Night Live alumnus Robinson voicing Fletcher, the really cool guest for me was J.G. Hetzler as the captain of the scavenger ship. They gave him a, an eye patch over his left eye. Hetzler is blind in that eye, and his recurring character is Mock Talk in DS9. Lost his left eye as well so consistency is always a plus yes it is <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope you thought that was funny yeah tendy really hopes that one of the wrecks in the salvage yard is being fought over or has a old styles communication like a clamshell yes. uh, <laughs> such a geek yes <laughs> also one of fletcher's incredibly br- non-brilliant ideas for how to deal with the out of control isolinic core is to let them beat him up so they said q did it like uh that's a stupid notion, though. I, I love the idea that Q is the 24th century equivalent of dogging your homework. Yes. <laughs> I think Fred mentioned something of, about that, too. Yeah. And we learned uh, this week that Boimler and Mariner, and presumably Rutherford and Tende, are on the beta shift. Also, they have a nasty rivalry with Delta Shift. This also means that Freeman allows the imbecilic four-ship rotation that Captain Jellico implemented during his brief tenure as Captain of the Indecise Brew. D. Yes. That was a good, that was a good one, too. Yes, it was. <laughs> Everybody hated Jellico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, Steve, ready for the top five jokes? Let's do it. Even though this wasn't my favorite episode, there were, and uh, some of this was pretty close. Pretty yes. close. And the number five joke that I picked so far is Badgie when he's tired. I'm going to wear your skin. He barely pants it out. Yeah. <laughs> number four is the hissing routine that we got at the beginning. Yes. The engine sound where they're all puckering their faces and <laughs> cupping their hands. And then Boinger eventually gets sacked because they're all going. Psh, <laughs> Number three, the tractor beam tug of war. <laughs> that wasn't so much funny as the segue into my crew is ready and they like sucking down puree. <laughs> yes. That was- Number two is uh, the cargo joke. Cargo, see the cry- cryo frozen princesses, or maybe true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like how his mind goes to cryo frozen princesses right away. Yeah. <laughs> and the number one joke, and these were close, was the fight sequence with Delta Chef. And Fletcher's like, You want to dance? I'll pick you up at your mother and father's house. <laughs> I'm like, What? And then he goes, Don't talk about my father. <laughs> I thought that was the funny one. So you're like, I don't know where they got this. I'll pick you up at your mother and father. So I laughed out loud. My <laughs> wife was like, what are you laughing at? Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have some feedback. As usual, our friend Fred from the Netherlands has given us some feedback. So let's take a listen. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 6. It was a hectic episode again, with a lot of references to all kinds of Star Trek universe stuff, like engine sounds of the Enterprise D and Voyager, like holodeck programs with Sherlock Holmes, Robin Hood, Sigmund Freud, Einstein, Da Vinci, Stephen Hawking, etc., And of course the trope with a holodeck program that goes bunkers and all the safety protocols are not in place. Mentioning Q again. I was really expecting that he would pop up now because it was announced in the Star Trek day. 
But we obviously have to wait a little bit for another episode. I get the impression that promotion is really a way of getting rid of people. Like Freeman promoting her daughter to lieutenant in a way of giving her all kinds of shitty jobs. And that she then would leave. And in this case with Fletcher more or less the same. This also let me realize that the lower decks are not the lowest. But we only see enzymes actually operating here. As you said yourself in the podcast about episode 4. Where are the normal crewmen? Or is this just because... As a story option, promotion should be an option. You don't promote a crewman to a lieutenant, for instance. This Fletcher was quite a conflicted person and had quite some contradictions in himself because on one hand he could be very angry and bossy towards the Delta crew and he could be very good in communication as we saw in the restaurant with the doctor. And on the other hand he is completely uncertain of himself. And he was quite a rotten apple in Starfleet's basket. Biggest joke I found was, how does the doctor get cheese out of her fur in a sonic shower? Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Fred agreed with us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He sure did. (laughs) I always appreciate Fred listening to our episodes too. (laughs) (laughs) He's paying attention. That boy, Fred. Thank you. Yes, always appreciate your feedback, Fred. And yeah, we didn't like Fletcher either. As five minutes into the episode, you think, oh man, this guy's a really good guy. And before the episode's over, he's completely changed his personality. So how how the heck did he make it to Starfleet Academy? Exactly. Well, if Boimler knew him, then maybe he was always sitting close to Boimler so he could get off of him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was a hectic episode with everything going on with the core coming alive and the salvage and and the holodeck but i think that we're just going to see that from this show it's they're going to pack in as much as they can into 22 to 25 minutes yeah well at least boimler wasn't the ultimate foil in this usually he says he's the one that screwed up that has to be rescued but now in this episode he was part of the fix right and that was definitely a big plus for me yeah yeah i i like his character better that way yeah and like i said earlier i i definitely like the way mariner and Boimler's relationship are now stronger than ever and and they really do seem to be friends now instead of <laughs> going at each other even yeah, though I'm sure yeah. Mariner is going to continue to pick on him <laughs> yeah they'll have to well we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season and looking forward to interacting with you on social media how can the fans interact with us Dave they can go to www.fangirlzoom.com and click on the contact link where you'll find several ways to contact us via email <laughs> and through social media on twitter he's at out steve and i'm at the real id dave please review and rate us on itunes good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us as there are a lot of other star trek lower deck podcasts out there tell your friends and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast and don't forget to check out all the other great fangirl zone podcasts 
The seventh episode is on September 17th and is titled Much Ado About Boimler. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so until then. Like one, the Q's going to show up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Much Ado. Uh oh, a little Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> so until then, remember. This is Chief Engineer Steve. Phasers locked onto the warp core, Captain. Please, please let me shoot their warp core. I've been very good this month. And this is Redshirt Dave. Floating magnet, floating magnet. Ooh, Steve, I think our boots are touching. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.